What is up, Arizona? I want to welcome you back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, small school basketball. Here we talk about everything small ball. We discuss scores, coaches, teams, and players. As coaches in the Valley, we understand that these teams don't get enough attention and are often overlooked. But here, they're the stars. It is Monday, December 13th. Reyes is here with me as always. And I wanted to start this pod just by saying this. I don't care what you guys think or say. I love my Christmas tree. And Reyes, I still think it's way better than yours, no matter what the polls say. So you clearly just kind of gave it away which tree was yours. And I'm pretty sure. Oh, I should have said that mine was the <laughs> Look at that, dude. You just gave it away. I whiffed on that. The fans voted. I mean, like I said, I appreciate you guys. You guys just have good taste in what's really good. So, I mean, I'm not surprised. I was – if you guys would have heard the conversation me and Jeff were having before he decided to post our trees side by side, I told him to wait. Like, let me at least decorate it. (laughs) Don't even – it's not even decorated. Yours isn't even finished. It's not even, like, finished yet. I told him, like, please don't. I was like, you're going to get your feelings hurt. He didn't you did listen. warn me. You warned me to not do it. I warned him like 10 times. We showed our, even our head coach, and we didn't anonym, anonymously. And he chose mine, and Jeff was just so defeated. But you know what? He, his ego couldn't let him soak in defeat. So, I mean, he just had to let you fans decide, which is better. So, like I said, I shout out to all you guys. Uh, you guys know what's good. You know, like I said, I think I'm like two and oh, three and oh against Jeff right now. Two and oh, don't get crazy. It's only so let's two. just keep the streak right. up. It's an early season, too. There's a lot of season left. I'm just gonna say this the polls on the Christmas trees are like the rankings of the Arizona Republic. They don't make any sense. All right. That's that is a little bit of a jab and a dig, but 88% of our voters went with Reyes. For the 12%, for you 12% who voted with me, you rolled with me. I feel the love. I don't know what your Christmas tree looks like. They only felt the love because it had a connection with Charlie Brown's tree, dude. That's the only reason why they It's voted. a great tree, man. It's I honestly love it. And I, the first few days after the poll, I walked in and I looked at her Christmas tree and I was like, does it not look good? And I had to get it out of my head because I, I love it. I think it looks great. It, it also turned into a thing at our school. You know, Reyes, you said that we showed it to our head coach and then we started showing it to different kids around the school. I showed it to our principal, all these different people. And... Everybody voted with Reyes, and I'm not going to lie. You guys are listening to a humbled a humbled co-host today because it was kind of hard. That was a big L for me to take this week. I didn't like it. You did not like it at all. It was it was hilarious. I, I tried warning him, guys. That's one thing. Like, you really did. Remember I sent you the picture of mine? You just called me and started laughing. I've hung up on you more you this so week mad. than I've ever hung <laughs> You were so mad at me, and I was like, dude, it's all right. You know, sometimes people have bad days. Some people have bad trees. It's not like your tree's bad, Coach. Let's just it's say not that. bad. Don't say that. It's just different tastes. So, anyways, that was an L for me this week. That's two polls now that I've lost, mashed potatoes and Christmas trees. I had but, mashed potatoes every night. I saw that picture. You know I didn't respond. Let's <laughs> respond yeah, to that. They look gross. As two polls I've lost. The only thing that made it better this week, you want to know what it was? 
If you say anything about you know what I'm about to say, freaking Salome, dude, my dogs, my frogs over at Salome, they beat Mare 62 to 35, making me the winner of our bet. And I can't wait for that burrito, man. Nope, time out. Before you start ranting on the podcast about you won the bet, if you recap it for those of you who listen, and he even posted it on. I did post it because I'm not going to lie. At first, I didn't remember the bet that we made, and I know you didn't remember it. I totally forgot, but you said the score was 62 to 35. That don't sound like a 30-point win to me at all. That's not like a 27-point win. So don't do this, man. You know how hard it is to predict a score. I was spot on. I was right there at 27. I'm off by three. I said, they. what did I say? I said, if Salome wins by 30, I will buy you a burrito. You were three short, so maybe next time you guess better. Maybe, and I'm hesitant to do this for obvious reasons, but maybe we'll do another poll. I don't have great luck with the polls, but maybe we'll try and we'll see if the Arizona small ball community thinks that you should give me a burrito. Sure, we can do that. I'm, I'm game with that. That's, that's a fair, okay. I'll, I'll go with that. The fighting frogs, they're my dogs over there, man. That was freaking awesome. I love it. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Salome later in the pod. But one of the funnest games of the week in Arizona small ball was Coolidge at Arizona College Prep. That's coming up next. But first, check this out. Arizona College Prep took on a really great Coolidge team last week. And this was a great game to watch. It was super fun. A couple things about Arizona College Prep that really stood out to me, especially some kids. Number one, Jonathan Kearney. This kid is good. He's a smooth, one dribble pull-up. He handles himself well. He doesn't look overly big. He's listed at six foot, but, you know, he's one of those kids that looks like they maybe like 5'9", 5'10", something like that. But he handles himself really well. He's a great passer. The kid can light it up from behind the arc as long as that one dribble pull-up or as well with that one dribble pull-up. Number one, Jonathan Kearney was great for them in this game. And also number three, Tyler Gebbing. He's a lefty shooter who's really, really great. He runs the point for them most times. As a whole, this team was super patient and they got great looks, not to the extent of a Fountain Hills patient, but kind of inching closer to them. They handled Coolidge's pressure really, really well. I posted about this on Twitter earlier in the week that this team is like Mr. Fundamental, Uh, two hands, two feet, two eyes. We always talk about that in dealing with pressure that you catch the ball with two hands, you land with two feet, you look with two eyes where you're passing to. And obviously that last one's an exaggeration, but this team really is super fundamental in everything that they did. They also shot the ball really, really well in this. And Reyes, I know you remember we got to see Arizona college prep play over the fall All of this fundamental stuff, I feel like, has really improved over the summer because when we watched them in the summer, I mean, I think you would agree with me on this. We saw them as a team that played really hard and physical, but I would not have picked them to beat Coolidge. No, I agree. Definitely, Coach. Um, From that summertime play, I mean, like I said, the fundamental, you can tell they were still working on it and everything was just slowly coming together. But at that time, I would not have pictured um, AZ College prep to beat Coolidge like they did yeah and and right now they're playing really really well Coolidge on the flip side they kind of struggled in this game and and kind of for different reasons Coolidge really likes to post up Mark Clegg he's their stud and they really have a lot of success in it they had really quick possessions and they didn't really shoot the ball well they also had a really hard time finishing when they did get to the rim 
kind of a, a microcosm of the game was the last 40 seconds of the second quarter. Arizona College Prep had a 40-second possession to end the half with a wide-open layup to go into halftime with the 26-24 lead. Arizona College Prep ends up winning this game 53-46. to They're a team to really watch out for moving forward as they get into region play here pretty soon. But I really like them. They're super fundamentally sound. I, I posted about this on Twitter that they might be the most fundamental team that I've seen in Arizona small ball. So I really like this game. It was fun to watch. Arizona College Prep is going to be a contender moving forward. And then a team that we got to watch a lot this week was also ALA Ironwood. And I know you got to watch a little bit about them in Eastmark. Yeah, so I was actually able to watch that game a little bit. And I kind of tuned in like a little bit before the half, but I pretty much was able to watch the second half. And when I tuned in, Eastmark was a big on ALA. I don't remember if it was between 15 to 20 points, but Eastmark had them pinned down. And this was at ALA, guys, just for those of you that's listening. Like I said, we saw, we talked about Eastmark a little bit in the previous episode and stuff like that and how they approach the game. They really try to impose their will on you. They try to bully you. They're really aggressive defensively and offensively. They have a couple of kids that were out that we – talked about that they were missing during that Valley Christian tournament. They're back well, and they're good. Yeah, so they're back. They're good. It really gave Eastmark that offensive push that they were probably looking for. And it just seemed like it gave ALA Ironwood some problems just uh, matchup-wise, you know what I mean? Uh, Eastmark has some tools now with those kids back. It's kind of easy to see. It was great to see a full squad of Eastmark. They played really tough defensively against ALA Ironwood. It was pretty tough for A.L.A. Ironwood to uh, really get a flow offensively, especially for Corey Wood and Elijah Taylor. Eastmark did a really great job on him. I forgot that kid's name from Eastmark. The really big, stocky kid that they have, he played pretty great on Elijah Taylor. Like I said, you know, you got to hand it to Eastmark. Eastmark was um, was handling A.L.A. Ironwood, which in reality, I probably wouldn't have really expected it. I thought it would have been at least a closer game. But, right. you, you know, Eastmark, like, the pressure they gave and how – physical they were it was just a little bit too much for ala ironwood yeah and for eastmark to be able to lock up those kids i mean Corey word uh, elijah taylor i mean those are two great players in arizona small ball we've talked about them in past episodes but for them to do a good job on the defensive end for them uh, against them that's really really impressive eastmark i just want to say and, and it's interesting because both of these teams i've made predictions about both of them ala ironwood is my pick to win the three this year Eastmark was my sleeper team in the 3A, so we'll kind of see how that shakes out. Eastmark ended up winning this game 65-78, to 78, and then I got to watch ALA Ironwood play against Yuma Catholic their very next game, the very next night, and this was a good game. It was close. Yuma Catholic, I hadn't got to see them play yet, so it was fun to watch them compete. Really solid squad. They play not like exactly Arizona College Prep, but they're pretty patient and pretty fundamental. Arizona College Prep is, I think, they're a little bit more dangerous than Yuma Catholic is right now. ALA Ironwood had a chance to win this game at the very end. And I think it was a one-point game at that point. And they had a player up at the free throw line who went to go shoot those free throws that would have given them the lead. And the first, the front end of a one-and-one -one was missed. And then that really allowed Yuma Catholic to pull away a little bit at the end. So we talk about this with our squad. You know, our free throw percentage last year was like 65% or something. And, you know, we're a team full of guards and we've just got to be better about that. And I feel like this, I don't know if you disagree with me or not, but I feel like our season, I'm talking about our team specifically, 
something's going to happen where we have to deliver at the free throw line. So we've been working so much on free throws in practice, pressure free throws, different things like that. And this is uh, where it really kind of hurt Ironwood here and Yuma helped them and they were able to pull away with the win. The nice thing about ALA Ironwood schedule is they're able to rebound December 10th against Borgate Catholic. And then I see them on December 16th against Odyssey Institute, really being able to get two games in a row leading into the Judy Dixon tournament. So it was fun to watch ALA Ironwood this week because uh, they're they're pretty tough. And I think they're just going to keep getting better. I know it's a pretty slow start for ALA Ironwood, but let's not forget about their great tournament run they had at the Valley Christian tournament. Mm. You know, they played some good teams. They were able to win. You know what I mean? I know it's a little slow start for them in the regular season. But like just like you said, you know, they have two games that they're able to bounce back and rebound off of. Um, I think it'll be great confidence going into that Judy Dixon tournament, which is going to be pretty loaded. We saw some of the teams in there. Right. It'll be a pretty good tournament to be at. I guess I like the way the trajectory is right now. It's a slow start, but I think slowly as the season starts ahead towards February, um, Jan- January, February, I think ALA Iron was going to be on top of the 3A for sure. And then we had the Battle of the Christian. Northwest and Scottsdale. I guess you could say that Scottsdale was praying a little bit more than Northwest. They probably prayed twice a day or even maybe three times a day. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Scottsdale probably did. They probably did. This was a really fun matchup. And uh, these are two programs that I really think a lot of. I know that you think a lot of. Just a little bit about Northwest and Scottsdale. You know, Northwest, this was at Northwest. They really run a lot through their their two best players, Andrew Best and Logan Mosier. Uh, It runs a lot through Andrew Best, though. They give it to him at the high post and cut off of him, or he dives off some screens to seal out the block. What was cool about this matchup is Northwest, you know, Andrew Best is 6'9". Scottsdale Christian also has Braden Wales, who's about 6'9 as well. So this is a really good matchup for them. I thought Braden Wales kind of uh, gave Andrew Best some issues, especially there at the rim. He had a harder time finishing. Scottsdale Christian, they played really, really good. Uh, This team is rolling right now. And I think we have yet to see a team that can match up with Scottsdale Christian other than Rancho maybe. Now, I know that you're still really, really strong, and I'm talking about just the 2A here. I know that you're really, really strong on Scottsdale Christian being the the contender moving forward, and I just asked you last week if you're still strong in that. Let me ask you this. Would you be as bold or so bold to say that Scottsdale Christian is the best team in all of Arizona small ball? I don't think I can go that far, Coach, right now. Who would you say beats them? It'd be a toss-up, like I said, because like you got Valley Christian, who's a very tough team. You know, I mean, they have a pretty good guard combo set with them. We haven't seen Rancho and Scottsdale yet. That's so gonna be a, a fun one. That's gonna be a fun one too. I mean, there's just so many different teams. But I mean, like I said, Scottsdale was able to take knock off two Christian schools. I know we're not gonna really go into detail, but they did beat Gilbert Christian as well. Right. I mean, look, I'm telling you, Scottsdale Christian was really praying and probably sprinkling some holy water on that basketball during practice. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go as bold as to say that, but I mean, they're a really high level team between the three and from one into the three, eight, I, I mean, they're top three for sure. Top five. Yeah, absolutely. And it's different two a going to the three, a because in the three, a, it's just loaded. And, you know, as Scottsdale would move into some of those top teams in the three, a, you wouldn't see as much separation, but they're still really, really good. Uh, they run a lot of sets. Scottsdale does, and they've got some really good motion action where they pass to the wing, uh, it's a it's a, an away screen, and then you got two cutters coming off. The first cutter is a backdoor cut mostly, and the second cutter comes around. Then they reverse it, and it's kind of like a flex cut 
they're on the backside of the of that block. So they got a lot of great motion that puts their players in really good uh, position to score. They have a ton of shooting and they've got a ton of talent. Watching Garrison Sherman over these last couple of weeks, he might be a D1 talent. I mean, the kid's what, six six, six seven, maybe? Yeah, um, I yeah, he's six seven, I think. With some handles, can shoot the ball, can put it on the floor. He's quick. I mean, he can do everything. He can play he's defense athletic. too. I'm about to say he's a dog on defense. I mean, I think that's a kid that for sure talent coming, especially coming on the small ball. You know, um, I, I forgot what AAU team he runs with in the summer and stuff like that. But I know I was able to see some highlights of him over the summer. And the kid's tough, man. He can play. I'm pretty sure he's getting looked at by some D ones. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, the one possession that really stuck out to me about Garrison Sherman is he deed this kid up in the full court and really, really hung with him well as one of their guards, picks their pocket, goes behind the back and does a two-handed dunk in transition. I mean, he just looks head and shoulders different than everybody else. He's really good. I think that he might, he's got potential to be player of the year uh, in the two-way as well. I mean, he's just really, really solid. This game it was kind of classic Northwest though, you know, like Northwest just kind of hangs around. They're super solid. They play really physical. They never quit. They're just straight dogs. And they ended up losing this one, uh, 54 to 38 Scottsdale ended up on top. But the thing about Northwest is you mentioned this, like in the summer that Northwest really is like a football school. And as they get their kids, their kids always get better as the season goes on because they do play multiple sports and that's just the name of the game. So Northwest, you can look at them to be up at no, near the top, at least that coming here towards the end of the season, but here at the beginning, you know, they're, they're still, their players are still kind of getting in the rhythm of playing. It looks like, and Scott Stark Christian was just a little bit too much for them. And like you said, maybe they got some holy water from Jerusalem or something like that. Yeah, who knows where they got it from, man. But all I know is that stuff is working. It's um, working before, pretty good. Yeah, and so before we move on, I just wanted to recap, you know, Chinley versus Snowflake. Chinley's actually been able to go on a nice little, little run. I think they're 5-1 and one right now. They're actually playing in their tournament that they host right now as well. Chinley beat Snowflake, and it may not seem big, but if you guys remember, you know, last year, you know, Snowflake was the runner-up in the state championship Snowflake's been able to rack up a couple wins early in the season so far this year. So Snowflake's a pretty bona fide good team. They usually are over the years. They always have a solid team, solid coach, great athletes. They're always big, physical. So, I mean, for Chinley to beat uh, Snowflake, I thought there was something to mention. I think Chinley beat them by 13 points. Oh, yeah, right here, 73 to 60. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of wanted to point out some kids because I remember like, in the previous episodes we mentioned when Coach Mendoza reached back out to us, telling, about, telling us about the state of res ball, and he was telling us about – how a lot of these kids, when now that they're varsity kids, but before COVID, they were like on the JV team, freshmen and sophomores. Really so inexperienced. All these kids, yeah, so now all these super inexperienced, now they're all seniors, but it looks like they're going to slow them down a bit. You know what I mean? Like I said, Chinley's been able to put some big numbers up. I mean, 73 points, and they've already put up a 100-point game so far. But some kid that I just wanted to highlight real quick is Kylan Yazdi. He had 16 points. Javis Woody, he led all scores with 23. And then Tegan Hallwood uh, gave them 17. So, I mean, that's three kids in double digits, and let alone other kids like Tristan James had eight, and then another kid, Trevor Bonelli, had six. So, I mean, Chinley overall had a pretty good scoring night against Snowflake. It seems like just their defense, probably the transition, just a lot of um, up and down course. The pace of the game was probably so fast. I wouldn't be surprised if Chinley was able to wear out Snowflake a little bit, and especially getting the passing lanes, probably get some steals. So, I mean, it was a pretty good win for Chinley, so I just kind of wanted to mention that as well. Yeah, and Snowflake has 
I mean, they've played against some really good teams and won some close games. A couple things I wanted to throw out there about Snowflake. I was able to watch a little bit about their a little bit of their game against Santan Charter in the Pepsi Holiday Tournament at Flagstaff. They beat Santan Charter a very good two a seventy three to fifty one. They beat Santan Foothills seventy nine to seventy seven. Here's the biggest one that jumped out and caught my eye. Uh, Paradise Honors, they lost to Paradise Honors 74 to 86. So they competed really well with them. Uh, Again, just wanted to highlight that, that Snowflake is playing pretty well right now and and they're doing really good. And then for those of you who may not remember, you know, Paradise Honors was once a small ball team. They were once there in our spot. I mean, they were able. That's your favorite. That's your favorite small ball team, huh? One of your greatest memories in small ball in high school. (laughs) No, not my favorite. Are you, are you leading in just to tell that story or no? No, I'm not. No, not at all. Not at all. I was just saying they just went to form a small ball team. You know, they were able to pick up acquired talent, we should say. I'm going to say it real quick, okay, because That's one of my favorite stories. This is awesome. All right. My first year coaching in Arizona, Reyes was one of our players. And we had some struggles that season winning games we just weren't very good at basketball we just couldn't figure it out guys we were bad we were awful okay you, you said it i didn't all right i'll say it i'm not i'm not ashamed we struggled and we ended up playing against paradise honors who was number one in the 2a that year right yes correct they were number one and we were like literally number what like 40 four or something I, I think no we were like five spots ahead from the dead last but we were we were bottom of the barrel to say the least i don't know what happened but we came out and we ended up beating paradise honors at Pretty home decently. and it was like, i remember just sitting there and being like what is happening because we had literally won like two games that whole season and like now like we won that game and we we're like what the heck how, how in the world did we beat them and yeah, it was just, I just wanted to say that it was funny. It was really funny. And to mention that Paradise Honors did have a 6'9 kid, they had a seven footer, and their guards were about like 6'1, six, 6'2. Six, and our tallest kid was, I think, 5'11. <laughs> it's like it five, just made nine. it even, just 5'9. It just made it even better. I think at one <laughs> point I was guarding the 6'9 kid. So <laughs> it was but funny, hey, man. That was good. It was, it was good times, always, always. I like that. It's funny. So, yeah, uh, Snowflake is playing pretty good right now. We wanted to highlight that. And then we wanted to end with another game that I got to watch this past week. My dogs over at Salome. Reyes, I knew this was coming, but Salome and Wickenburg. Uh, Salome is playing a lot of bigger schools this year, and this was actually a really close game. Obviously, Wickenburg in the 3A, Salome in the 1A, and it doesn't matter what conference you're in. You know, a, a team is a team and players are players. And uh, this was a close one, though. Salome is really trying to challenge themselves by playing against bigger schools and better competition. And really, Salome was really in command the whole time of this game until the very end. Salome, one of my favorite things about this whole thing, I posted about it on Twitter and Facebook and all that, Instagram too, I think. But at timeout, Salome had a full-on band behind the the guest bench and once they called that timeout that conductor waited i was watching he waited until that guest team wickenberg started talking and he started conducting and they just started going into the most like obnoxious band music i've ever heard it was awesome i loved it i think that we should bring a band 
into our school because I think that would be a lot of fun. I like that better. What are you taking over or what are you taking more? You want warm up hype music or would you like band music that's pretty good? Uh, warm up hype music. No, the like band this. music, man. No, I mean, what is this college football game day? No, I'm here for the warm up music. Hey, all it's I'm cool saying during the game, it's cool during the game, but like for warm ups, now I'm trying to get my mind right. When I was in college, we had a we had a pep band and I loved it. It was awesome. It pumped me up. It made me feel like really excited. And then we went to play. We'd always play at this college in the south. It was Concordia. I don't remember exactly where it was. It might have been Alabama somewhere, maybe Mississippi. But we went and played there and they had a pep band as well. But they played all these modern pop songs and it was always awesome. And I loved it. And ever since that moment, I've always loved pep bands. So Salome. Shout outs to you for a lot of things. I'm looking forward to my shirt, but shout outs to you for having the, I don't know, the stones to put a band right behind the guest bench and just to go crazy during timeouts. I think that's really cool, man. That is pretty funny, but super quick before we jump into our next segment for all you small ball schools that do have merch, send them our way. We'd love it. Whatever you got. We'd love it. Salome was really in command this whole time until the very end. I think at halftime, they were up by like 15 points. And Salome has some guards that are extremely talented at getting to the rim. They're difficult to stay in front of. It really gave Wickenburg a lot of problems. They really had a chance to win it at the end. It was, it was a really exciting finish. They traded buckets to take the lead. Salome was down by one. One of their kids drove in and got fouled, and there was no more time left on the clock. So he walked up to the line again, free throws, Walked up to the line. He had to make one to tie, two to win. I think he made the second one, missed the first one. But all in all, they had a chance to win it. They're competing really well. I really like Salome moving forward. And they've got a couple other big teams that they're going to try to play or bigger schools that they're going to try to play as they move into this next couple weeks. Some of those schools to highlight really quick. Uh, they got Tonopah Valley. And then they got Round Valley. They got Chino. They're going to play some bigger schools, so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them. Let's move into our rapid-fire segment. We got 90 seconds of recaps from the past week. Check it out. A team that looks like they will be right back at the top in the 2A is Pima. They've had a great start to their season and are playing really well. They have wins over Santan Charter, Arizona Lutheran, and Snowflake. I see them easily being one of the top teams in the 2A right now. Holbrook won the Round Valley Tournament in stunning fashion. Noah Brown hit a three to tie the game. Then 20 seconds later, he had a half-court buzzer beater to win the whole thing. Holbrook is clicking on all cylinders right now. They're sitting at 11-2 and two and just might be the best team out of the East. Holbrook and Snowflake will be at the top of their region come end of season. I wanted to end this segment with some stats. Five out of the top 10 in the state of Arizona in scoring are all from small school basketball. Number one, Anasu Dayaway out of Madison Highland, averaging 36.4 points per game. Number three in the state of Arizona is Weston Haybig out of Sabino, 29.1 points per game. Number four is Antonio Martinez out of Palo Verde Magnet, 27.5 points per game. Number five is Caleb Shaw out of Valley Christian, averaging 26.9 points per game. Number six is Ralphie Valencia out of San Manuel, 25.5 points per game. And number eight is Devin Anthony out of Baba Kavari, averaging 25.2 points per game. There are some great players that can score the basketball in these smaller schools. Don't sleep on them, coaches. 
that ends our rapid fire segment next up we're going to preview some games to watch for this upcoming week check it out this week there's a lot of great games going on let's start with tonight tonight we wanted to start with a team that, that we haven't really talked about as much but something that i feel like we need to highlight or a couple teams that i feel like we really need to highlight one is chandler prep versus veritas prep this is going to be a really good matchup and thinking back to our rankings that we did last season or at the end of last season it was our way too early rankings uh, for the 2A, we had Chandler Prep in the top 10. Last year, they had a pretty good squad, and they're returning some pretty good kids. They play against Veritas Prep. What really kind of sticks out to me about this game is some of the games that they've had already. Their most recent game is December 8th against Arizona College Prep. Again, we talked about them against Coolidge, but uh, this team, Chandler Prep, lost to Arizona College Prep 37-49. to Okay, so that's a pretty close game. I like Chandler Prep against Veritas Prep. Right now, Chandler Prep is sitting at two and two, but they've played some really good teams. They opened up play against Valley Christian. They played against Bradshaw and lost by five. Uh, they lost to Mingus by, by five. Then they beat Horizon Honors by one. They've just played some really good games this year so far in the season. I like them over Veritas Prep. And I have Chandler Prep winning by about I got him winning by about, I don't know, 15, because Veritas Prep, on the other hand, is kind of struggling. Chandler Prep, 55, and let's go Veritas Prep. Let's go 40. I think it's a lower-scoring game. Okay, I like that. You know, I'm kind of going to be on the same page with you. I think Chandler Prep, for, I don't know for whatever, I know Veritas is having their struggles right now early in the season and stuff like that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Chandler puts 20 on them, so I'm going to go okay. Chandler Prep plus 20. And we'll go 55, 35, 35. 55, 35. I know I could see you doing math right there in your head. Like, is that 20? Yeah, yeah, I had to make sure I was right. <laughs> Dude, I'm so bad at math. It's not even – our head coach is a math, a math teacher. He's a math whiz. And he'll math do percentages and – yeah, he'll do percentages and, and calculations like on the spot in his head. And I'm sitting there like when we shoot free throws and he does all the percentages like real time in his head. And I'm sitting there like, how in the world do you even know what that was? Like, I'm, yeah, I'm still trying, trying to add them. Yeah, I'm trying to verify with him. I'm just stupid. I just don't even know what's going on. I just stand there and act like I'm trying to think, but I'm not. I'm just waiting for him to get it. <laughs> okay. And then we got also on Monday. This is going to be a really fun matchup. We've already kind of talked about one of the teams today in the pod, but Florence at Eastmark. What do you think about this one? I think this matchup is going to be great. I mean, if you go back to Florence's last game, or I don't even know if it was the last game, but they played Valley Christian to a pretty close game. They you know did. What I mean? They played Valley Christian to a pretty pretty close game. I forgot the score of that game. So Florence has been pretty good, you know, pretty, pretty solid to start the season. Like I said, we just talked about Eastmark what they do and how they impose their will. These teams are almost pretty similar, I believe. It's they hard are kind of similar. They are very, they're pretty similar. And as far as a like guard play, I would have to lean more toward Florence. I feel like Florence's guards may be better than Eastmark. But with Eastmark's not newest additions, but with their kids coming back, I just think that boosts them offensively. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a pretty much an offensive shootout. If Eastmark is able to do and play defense like they did against A.L.A. Ironwood, 
I think Eastmark will not necessarily take care of Florence, but Eastmark will will have a pretty good game and you know beat Florence. So I actually have Eastmark beating Florence. No, actually, yeah, I'll, no, I'll, I'll go with that. I like that. I have Eastmark beating Florence by twelve, and we'll say it's a high scoring game because Florence can put up some numbers. They um, can. So I'm gonna say. Let's go 60. I'm trying to do math in my head right now. I'm just going to do 60, 42. Wait. No, 62 to 50. We'll do that. 62 okay, to 62 to 50. Yeah, I can't do math. That is 12, just to confirm it for you. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> okay. Amen. Amen. You know, you talked about Florence and Valley Christian. Florence has had a tough couple games. They lost to Valley Christian 63 to 76, and then they lost at Gilbert Christian 53 to 68. Those are two great teams. I like Florence a lot. I think one of the biggest things I love about Florence is when I think about this team, I think of like no fear. doesn't matter who they're playing. They're going to come ready to go, ready to play. I do think that most of their games kind of come down to the performance of Farmer and Farley. But I do think that their guard play overall is better than Eastmark. But I think it's going to be a close one. I've got Florence over Eastmark. And I think it's a really high scoring game. I say because most of their games have been pretty high scoring. I say 78-75, Florence comes out with the win. Like I said, we did talk about Florence. They, they can put up some numbers, and so can Eastmark. Also, they can put up some dunks. I'm hoping that Farmer, I want to see another dunk this upcoming game, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, we need more highlights for you guys. For any of you kids throwing down some dunks or you having any big plays, you know, shoot that to our, to our email. You know what I mean? We'd love to post that on, the, on our stories and our social media to give you guys love, so just send that our way. And then we got Miami at Globe. Yes. And this is going to be an interesting one. I know you you know a little bit about some of these teams. Yeah, so like I said, we know we've talked about Miami. We were able to watch them a little bit last season, even a little bit in the summer and the fall. Um, Miami has a pretty good team. Like I said, they have great guard play. But so does Globe. And, you know, Globe has been able to rack a couple wins. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, now do not quote me on this, but I think they are undefeated, if I'm, mis- if I'm not mistaken. I think they're undefeated. I, I just like Globe, what they've been able to put together. They've had some pretty noticeable wins. You are correct. Them, right? They are undefeated. And one of their wins is actually against Florence. They beat Florence by one. That's what it was. Regardless, I think this is a good matchup. Because Miami and Globe, for those of you who may not know, it's pretty close to each other. They're, it's almost like a crosstown kind of rivalry, rivalry type thing. And it's at Globe. Globe, I'm pretty sure, is going to pack out the house. And, you know, Globe is just known for to have the – single-handedly best score in all of Arizona, you know, B.J. Burry's, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, I mean, that's kind of cool to note. So, I have Glow beating Miami, and I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, too, as well. You know, I'm going to say, like, 65 – I'm going to say 68 to 60. Yeah, I've got Globe winning this as well. I actually didn't even realize that they had beaten Florence. Florence is such a great squad. We literally just talked about them. But I've got Glow beating Miami 60 to 50. It seems like Globe is kind of playing up a little bit better with the competition. You know, Miami uh, playing against Chandler Prep, that was a really good game and a really good team. But, you know, only winning by two points, I can just really see. And, you know, they played against Holbrook and they lost 37 to 66. I just see Globe kind of being at a different level than Miami right now. I've got them 60 to 50. Okay, now let's move on to Tuesday. And we've got some really good games going on here. Uh, We wanted to start it off with ALA Gilbert North at Coolidge. And we're going to see about Coolidge if they can really keep this trend going. Because right now, they did lose to Arizona College Prep, but they're playing really well to start off the season. 
do you think that Coolidge can keep their winning going against a really good ALA Gilbert North team? I do. And they say, you know a little bit more about Coolidge than I do with their players and stuff like that. Coolidge is pretty aggressive, especially in the press. You know what I mean? They're able to disrupt a lot of teams. It's kind of hard to say because we've seen a lot of ALA Gilbert North. And we have. Just from watching them playing against them and stuff like that, they have a they do have some size with them. They're really patient on offense. You know, they can shoot the clip. They can shoot the three-ball at a very high clip. If you had to choose from who's going to shoot the ball better between ALA, Gilbert North, and Coolidge, I would give it to Gilbert North. Is it at Coolidge? I forgot. Yeah, this is at Coolidge. So, I mean, that just kind of changes things up a little bit. You know, you're coming into a hostile environment and stuff like that. I think Coolidge's pressure will be just a little bit too much for Gilbert North. Um, I have Coolidge beating Gilbert North plus 12. And I'm going to go ahead and say like 72 to 60. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Okay, 72 to 60. So, I actually have ALA Gilbert North in this one. And I think that that Coolidge is really good. And I think this is going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be within five points. But I think that one of the, the issues that, that Coolidge could potentially run into is, you know, they like to post up a lot. But ALA Gilbert North has some stocky, strong guards. And they do have some bigs and forwards that can really, I, I think, help with that. That will be a pretty good matchup to go up against Mark Clegg, their 6'4 senior, who likes to post up a lot, but he really is a forward guard. He can kind of do everything. So I like ALA Gilbert North in this one. I like their their squad. I like how they're playing. They've got some really good big-bodied kids. I've got Gilbert North winning this game. Give me a 75-70 to 70 ALA Gilbert North. You're going to hear about when I win from all the people that are like, oh, Ray's is right again, so we'll just Hey, win. dude, all I got to say is like the reason why I'm rolling so much with Salome right now. I, I mentioned it on the last pod. I want to hear about it if I get something right. Hey, that feels good. I'm right. You know, I've been wrong so much and been voted against, but it's okay. I'm not gone yet. I'm still in. <laughs> You're still in the, this is the, the sixth round, 11, no, 12th round. There you go. <laughs> okay. And then we got Santan Charter versus Trivium. And this is going to be a great one because I really have no idea who's going to take this. We've talked a little bit about Trivium. They've got some really good guard play. They've got some good shooters. Santan Charter is really aggressive and they love to get up and down. And I mean, they're, they're right there. I, I don't think they're not. I don't think in my mind, they're not as good as they were last year. Uh, they, they lost some key players, but I really have, uh, I have, I have Trivium winning this game against Santan Charter. Santan Charter is going through a tough bout right now. They just played at the Flagstaff tournament uh, this past weekend, and they played against some really good schools, and they got tested, which is only going to make them better. But I can see uh, Trivium really pulling away in this one. I could see them winning by about, I could see them winning by about twelve. I don't think it's like a massive win, but I see them winning by about twelve. What, who do you like in this matchup? I, that's so funny because I was literally thinking the same thing you were talking about. I'm thinking plus 12 Trivium as well. And I do think it's going to be not necessarily a high-scoring game, but I think between the 50s and 60s for sure. Um, I'll go ahead and say 50-62 again. I think Trivium shooting and just the overall uh, play of Trivium makes me a little bit too much. Because Santan, you know, they're going through a little rough pack. You know, it's only going to make them better. You know, they'll bounce back and they'll keep climbing and stuff like that. But I just think where Trivium is at right now, and where Santan's at right now mentally, I think that Trivium will be able to, you know, handle their business and move on from this game. Right. And it helps that it's at Trivium. 
as well. Or no, it's actually at Santan Charter. So so it'll be a home game. So that'll help the, the Roadrunners at least a little bit. Some of the games that Santan Charter has had this past weekend that really were, were challenging for them. Snowflake, they lost 51-73. Coconino, they lost 31-66. to A lot of those games, you know, those teams, we've seen a lot of those. And, and they're, they're good players, you know. They're good, well-coached teams. Santan Charter had a little bit of a hard time with it. One of the things that you always have to remember with Santan Charter, they are always going to be full-court pressure, all-out, in-your-face, very aggressive on the ball. That's just where they, they live at. That's how they were last year. And they've carried that mentality into this year. So I think it's going to be a really good, interesting matchup because they always say this in basketball. If you have a team that likes to press a lot, press them. You know, if you have a team that runs a zone press a lot, zone press against them. Because for whatever reason, it's kind of weird, but it makes them, they kind of struggle against what they do, which is weird. It shouldn't be like that. But Trivium does a lot of full court pressure stuff. And I'm interested to see how Santan Charter will handle that going into the end of Tuesday. Okay, and moving into Wednesday, we've got some pretty good matchups here. We've got NFL yet at Madison Highland Prep. And Reyes, I know you said Madison Highland has a nice player to watch out for in the 2A. Oh, yeah, I do. So, like I said, I was, I was like I said, Madison was kind of flowing like, under our radar a little bit. You know, we kept tabs on them, but they were floating under our radar, kind of like Highland Prep. But then, you know, you put on – they lost to Highland Prep by four, and that was a really high-scoring game. I think it was 94-90 to 90, uh, Highland Prep beat Madison Highland. That's, but such a, that's, that's crazy, man. They talk about like, no defense. I know, dude. I makes you wonder, but regardless, you know what I mean? Madison Highland, they just played Morenci, and I believe they beat Morenci, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they have a kid, though, like I said, to watch out for, guys. His name is – I don't want to butcher his name. I'm sorry, but I think it's Anisu Dewey. Junior guard, he looks like he's standing about 6'1", 6'2", about 170 pounds. You know, the heights kind of differentiate. Who knows? But the kids average Wait, 36. He's listed at six foot? About like six. It says like 6'1", six, 6'2", six, but I'm going to give him like six, six one. He's probably 5'11", you know, realistically. Realistically, yeah. But for colleges, you know, he's a 6'1 guard, so be on the lookout for that colleges. The kid's averaging 36.4 points a game. For those of you who may not know, that's a lot of buckets to get. He had 49 against Morenci in their win. He looks like he seems like he's doing a little bit of everything. They have another guard too. I forgot his name already, but he's averaging 18 for them as well. But 36 to 18, he's literally scoring like pretty much majority of their team's points. He's number one in Arizona of all scoring. That's a small ball kid doing work. And in the state of Arizona, from 6A to 1A, Anisu Dewey is leading all, leading number one in um, scoring. So I mean, that's kind of cool. Shout out to you. Small now, ball NFL, overall, baby. Small ball. Small overall. ball overall. Get ready for that merch to drop. Um, NFL yet versus Madison, like I said, just kind of just jump back right back into it. NFL yet is usually proven to have a pretty decent team. I just like these two teams, but I have Madison Highland running away against NFL yet. I'm gonna say plus 15, and I'm gonna go ahead and say like a 75-60 Madison Highland wins. I think it's a higher scoring game than that. I agree with you. I see Madison Highland getting into like 85 to you know 85 to maybe 70, something like that. A lot of points. Yeah, but they've just put up a bunch, and they got the ability to do that. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see Madison Highland matching up against some other good 2A squads. I'm really excited to see how this ends up shaping out as we get closer to the playoffs. You said that kid had 45 points? 49. 49. Oh, my gosh. What's the, what's the most points you've ever scored in a game? Like your, uh, your career night? 
my career in high school or just in general? Well, what what other than high school? What about some like rec league, men's league kind of stuff? You <laughs> know what I mean? Does that count? Sure, sure, sure. Go for it. Dude, I've had like 30. No, in what what league? Don't worry about it, dude. You just need to know I had 30. No, I need to know the league so I can I can gauge and picture it happening. Are you talking about men's league up on oh, the yeah, res? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Oh my god. Yeah. You had 30 against who? The supersonics or something? Oh no, no, not them. It was like the fighting Amish <laughs> or something, bro. Hey, no, up. not the okay. Stop, right, no, bro, I hit like I was going up. No, it was, it was like it was probably like 25, honestly. Dude. I had like six or seven threes. Look at that. Couple yeah, you know, I always call you that the native Steph Curry, man. So it doesn't surprise me. Hey man, you know, shoot or shoot. <laughs> that's a lot of points, man. 49. Holy cow. I, I know that's a grip. It'll be fun to watch and see how his averages fluctuate. See if he can maintain that. Because if we had a small ball kid who was leading all of Arizona in scoring, I think that'd be really cool. And then leading into Thursday, speaking of kids who are averaging a lot of points, we've got the Gregory School at Santa Rita. The Gregory School has a kid by the name of Vince Edwards who's averaging 30.8 points per game. He is third statewide. And he's averaging 13 rebounds a game as well. I really like them. I got to watch the Gregory School. He's a big kid. He's a forward. I have the Gregory School beating Santa Rita. I haven't beaten him by about, about 20 points. I got him. So give me like uh, 70 to 50. I got the Gregory School winning over Santa Rita. That kid's tough. He's really good. The thing about the Gregory School that's going to hurt them moving forward is they have Vince Edwards and they don't have much else after that. I'm going to go to Gregory School plus 20, plus 25 against Santa Rita. I think you know how the games always go. The first half, you're pretty close. But I just have the Gregory School kind of punching Santa Rita in the mouth early and just kind of running off away with it. And I think that watching Vince Edwards, especially play leading into the playoffs, is going to be a lot of fun. Seeing if he can keep performing like that against some of the better teams like Mojave Accelerated, North Valley, things like that. Okay, and then we got Payson at Mogion. And Mogion, this is going to be a really good game. Mogion is led by Tyler and Tyson Owens, or Kyson Owens, I think it is. But these are the two kids that are leading. One is a guard, one is a forward. And Mogion has had some pretty tough games, and they've played pretty well on them. Uh, their coach reached out to us on Facebook, and he just kind of highlighted these kids and said that Mogion is going to make some noise for sure this season. So it'll be fun to kind of watch and see where they're at against Payson, a 3A that Mokion should be able to compete against a little bit. So some key games that really stick out to me about Mokion is Yuma Catholic. They lost to Yuma Catholic in their tournament, 48 to 58. So just a 10 point game, which is pretty close. They then turn around and beat Round Valley 62 to 55. So they've played against some bigger schools and they've done pretty well against them. I think that this Payson-Mogion matchup will be pretty good. I have Payson winning by three. I think it's a pretty close game. I think it's 70 to 67 and I like Payson over them. I have Payson plus eight. And I'll, you think it's a high scoring game? I think it's like a, a medium, not, not like super high, but I don't think it's low. Yeah, so I have Payson beating Mogion by eight. But I think it's going to be a pretty close game. You know, this is a really good test for Mogion against a 3A. You know, Payson's just, you know, finding the rhythm too as well. You know what I mean? They got some players. You got some athletes. So, I mean, it's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens. And really big shout-out to Coach Mavis over there 
at Payson. He's new and he's really trying to change the culture. He's doing a great job. His kids really improved over the summer and it'll be fun to watch them uh, really kind of adjust to the culture that he's trying to do, trying to revive life at the Dome over at Payson. I really like Payson, one of my favorite places uh, to coach at. It's fun. And then later on in Thursday, we got River Valley at Mojave Accelerated. I've got Mojave Accelerated in this one. I know River Valley has got some really good little guards, but I think Mojave Accelerated is going to be too much for them and overwhelm them. I have Mojave Accelerated winning by about 20. Oh, wow. The only, the only reason why I, I'm going to go against you on this, and I love Coach Neil, but just to make the show interesting and stuff like that, I'm going to go River Valley over Mojave Accelerated. I think it's be a closer game. I mean, you look at the games, they beat, they beat Parker. Parker beat Mojave Accelerated. Let's just say, just for fun, you know, say I'm going to have River Valley up over Mojave Accelerated. I'm going to go plus six, and we're going to go a 66-60 game. Okay, 66-60. I like that. It's close. Thursday's going to have some really good matchups. It's going to be fun to watch these teams. But really, we feel like some of the most, it, I don't know, I don't want to say important, but like a lot of the really exciting games we feel like are Friday and then one on Saturday. For Friday, we've got Northwest Christian at Snowflake. This is going to be a really, really good test for both of these teams. And I feel like right now, Northwest and Snowflake are kind of in the same boat and they're kind of playing in the same way. They both have just got kids back from football and they're all kind of adjusting and getting ready and getting adjusted to basketball. I like Northwest in this one because I, I just really feel like Northwest is... I just think Northwest is better than Snowflake, and I just feel like they're going to win because of that. And I think it's a close game. I don't think it's very high scoring. I think Northwest wins 50 to 44. I think Snowflake is a really talented team. I think they, they do have size to go against Northwest. Not a 6'9 kid at all, but, I mean, they do have some size. Their guards are usually pretty physical. They play – they get after it defensively. But I, I just like Northwest, the weapons they bring, the coaching style. It's going to be fun. And then you got Chinley and Holbrook, and this is at Holbrook. These are two teams that play extremely similar to one another, and this is really why we wanted to highlight it. And I, I really like, I like Holbrook over Chinley in this one because I think Holbrook is a little bit better than Chinley. They're they're rolling right now. Holbrook is, I think, seven and two. We were talking about it before the pod, but but Holbrook is playing tough right now. I think they're more experienced. They have better players. They're more confident than Chinley. I got Holbrook winning over them, but I think it's a close game. I think Holbrook wins by about eight. So give me give me Holbrook 70 to 62. And don't forget, I mean, Holbrook and Chinley have already played before. I think Holbrook beat them by two. I don't think that's going to happen again. I think Chinley's going to beat Holbrook. Uh, let's just go plus 12. I think Chinley's kind of ready for this. You know what I mean? I, th- I think it's going to be a high-scoring game as well. I'm going to say 72 to 60. I really feel like Chinley and Holbrook, they really do play very similar. Only difference is I feel like Holbrook is more experienced than Chinley and they're just more battle tested than they are. All right. And then this brings us to our last matchup of the week. And honestly, for me, this is the one that I'm most excited about. You got Push Ridge at Valley Christian. Whereas who you got in this one, man? Gosh, I mean, these two teams, they're going to go at it, and it's going to be so interesting because we've seen both of them play, you know, just from the from the summer to the fall to even a little bit in the season. We've been pretty fortunate to see them, you know, push Ridge out to you guys. You, we love all the love you guys give us. God, this is such an interesting game. It's an interesting matchup because, like I said, I love push Ridge guards. 
I really do. And Valley Christian has some guards as well. I would say besides Caleb Shaw, if you take him out, I know it's kind of it's a Oh, motive. yeah, Pushridge has the better guards. I do believe that if you take Caleb Shaw out. But Caleb Shaw is the it, it factor for Valley Christian. If Pushridge can figure out a way to stop Caleb Shaw, I do see them beating Valley Christian. Now, if they can't take away Caleb Shaw, which – We've seen kids teams try. The kids just really tough to play against. You know, I have Valley Christian beating Pushridge, but just for fun, I'm gonna say an upset. I'm gonna consider this an upset. I have Pushridge beating Valley Christian, and I think it's gonna be a pretty close game. I'm gonna say a three point game, and let's go 65-62. Dude, okay, I thought you would do the same thing as me. I also have Pushridge beating Valley Christian, and I have, and we say upset. There's no official rankings out yet. It's just kind of. The general opinion is Valley Christian is probably the best in 3A. I have Pushridge beating Valley Christian by three. I have it being 63 to 60. The thing that I love about Pushridge that I think is different, Pushridge and watching their guards defend in the full court and really just kind of defend in the half court, they have got a ton. They've got another level of intensity that they can go to. They've got a chip on their shoulder. And you need that kind of stuff playing against Valley Christian. If there's a team that can beat Valley Christian early and kind of stun them at home, dude, I got Pushridge, man. I think they're going to pull this one out. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. The key, Pushridge guards cannot get into foul trouble and being so aggressive in their defense. I don't know. Do you, If you're playing against Valley Christian right now from what you've seen, would you try to do box in one or triangle in two? Or would you just play them straight up and just try to face guard? What are you trying to do? It's tough because you don't want to throw a junk defense at Valley Christian. I don't think the boxing one would really work against them. Because, right. I mean, Valley Christian does have shooters outside of them. You know what I mean? You take away Caleb Shaw. He does a great job of finding his teammates. You know, and his player, his teammates are ready to shoot. You know what I mean? They're ready for that catch and shoot. I mean, I'm not saying that's all they're good for. But, I mean, they're a pretty high-level shooting team. They shoot the ball at a pretty high clip. So, I mean, I don't expect pushers to throw a junk defense at Valley Christian. I just don't think it would really work against them. I think you just got to play Valley Christian pretty straight up. But – I mean, if you want to change some things up, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be surprised if they go into like some some sort of zone and like, you know, throw some double teams at Caleb Shaw, just trying to get the ball out of his hands. If I'm, yeah, if I'm push Ridge, I'm trying to lock up, not lock up, but meet Caleb Shaw at least by at least half court. You know what I mean? I, I always see him up, just give him pressure early and just make sure he has the ball on the floor. So I just, he doesn't kind of create in the half court. It is an interesting thing because the times that I've watched push Ridge, they do play some zone and i think going to a zone for an extended period of time against valley is dangerous because they do have so many shooters caleb shaw works so good out of that mid post area and that's an open spot in those zones i don't know that might be kind of tough so i'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how push ridge approaches this but like I said, man, I think Pushridge is they're good enough. They're, they're right there. I think they could beat Valley Christian. I think they could do it uh, even on the road at Valley Christian. So I'm just super. This is my game of the week. I'm so excited about this. I'm definitely going to watch it. We're thinking about going, huh? I might be in it. We might be in attendance. You guys, you know, we've been planning on it. I'm going to be uh, down there. You know, there's a couple of college games, a couple of college coaches that, you know, reached out to me, want me to come and check out some of their teams just to, you know, watch and, we have a couple of players that they're interested in. So I might be out there and then just, you know, it's perfect. It's in Valley Christian. I'm already going to be in the Gilbert area. So, I mean, might as well just stop on by. So like, we're thinking about it. You know, it'd be fun to see us. If you guys see us there, you know, give us a If you see Reyes, just say what's up to him and just tell him that his Christmas tree sucks. It's not as good as mine. 
Yeah, you can just tell me that too. Cause we all know it's not true, but hey, just to make <laughs> feelings better, do what you got to do. And just for everybody knowing, and I know we try to we try to stay as neutral as possible. If if I end up pulling up to the game, if Reyes ends up pulling up to the game, maybe we'll think about wearing some uh, some Lions attire, some Lions merch. Who knows? If they send it our way, you know, we'll rock. Yeah, I'm <laughs> telling you, if we decide to go to a game and could be so we do we we've talked about this, you know, we want to at least try to come out to a couple or maybe me or both of us. You know, we'd love that if both of us can, you know, it's just scheduling. But if you have a game and you want us to wear your merch, send it our way. You know, I'll put it on. I'll go to the gym and wear you guys' merch, but you guys gotta send it to me. You know what I mean? Like I said it'd be fun, you know what I mean? I think it'd be good. Hopefully we can come out this Saturday to watch that pushers versus Valley Christian game. It's going to be so fun. Again, we both have Push Ridge winning against Rally Christian. This is our game of the week. It's going to be awesome. We're going to get out of here, but be on the lookout for our next episode this coming Monday. Thanks for supporting the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, and be sure to like and follow the show. Drop a review for us on Apple Podcasts if you want to show some love, and we'll catch you guys next time.